0: to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Saul and the Witch of Endor, as we pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 28, verse 7. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. So, God wasn't answering the prayers of Saul
1: So Saul said to his servants, find me a woman that has a familiar spirit that I may go to her and inquire of her. And the servant said to him, behold, there's a woman that has a familiar spirit at Endor. So Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment and he went with two men And they came to the woman at night, and he said, I pray thee, divine unto me by the familiar spirit, and bring me him up whom I will name unto thee. And the woman said unto him, Behold, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off all of those that have familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Why are you laying a snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul swore to her by Jehovah, saying, As Jehovah lives, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. Now there, of course, is that weird admixture in Saul. Here he is talking to a witch and swearing by the Lord that no evil will come to her if she goes ahead and practices her witchcraft and brings forth the spirit that he is desiring. As Jehovah lives, swearing by the Lord, There are a lot of people that are really mixed up in their whole spiritual life. Just just a total confusion in spiritual things. Using spiritual phraseology. You know, it's like planning to rob a bank and then having a prayer meeting. Now, Lord, help us to pull off this job successfully, you know. (laughs) It's just really confusion. Here he is engaged in this... Woman who is possessed by a demon, actually that's what it means, a familiar spirit, a demon-possessed woman. And, and going to her for counsel and advice, bringing back a spirit. And then the woman said, who shall I bring up to thee? And he said, bring me up Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, she screamed. And the woman spake to Saul saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said unto her, Don't be afraid. What did you see? And the woman said, I saw the gods ascending out of the earth. And he said unto her, What form was he? And she said, He was like an old man covered up, and he's covering with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. And Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disquieted me to bring me up? And Saul answered, I am sore distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God is departed from me. And he answers me no more, neither by the prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called thee that you may make known to me what I shall do. Then said Samuel, Why do you ask me, seeing the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy? And the Lord hath done to him as he spoke by me, for the Lord has taken the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, even to David. And because you obeyed not the voice of the Lord, nor executed his fierce wrath upon Amalek, Therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto thee this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. Whew, that would be a heavy thing to lay upon somebody, wouldn't it? And he will deliver the host of the Philistines and the, uh, the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Now Did Samuel really come back? Did this witch actually bring back a spirit from the dead? I would like to say I see no reason at all for not believing the story just as it is written. I always feel that the obvious interpretation is the correct interpretation. And if you try to force another interpretation into the text, that actually the very fact that you're trying to force something means that it doesn't fit. I do not understand this whole issue. But I am convinced that even as it is written, so it happened, and that somehow Samuel did come back and that it was indeed Samuel that talked with Saul. The spirit of Samuel was brought back, and that it was a genuine experience of dealing with spirits that have departed and are in the other world. It would seem that the witch herself was shocked because of what happened. She screamed when she saw Samuel. It could be that she had been using, as these spirit mediums all, often do, just a particular demon spirit that gives them information. Now, there is a reality to the spirit world. There is a reality in spiritism, but you are warned by the Bible to stay away from that kind of stuff. That it isn't something that you should be dabbling with. But it is possible to contact spirit entities But as a general rule, what a person is contacting is a demon that can disguise himself as different persons. Now, these demons, having lived in the various ages and being in the spirit realm, able to observe many things, are naturally able to tell you facts about your life and about the past that nobody else ever knew. And usually people are drawn into these kind of things because the person is able to tell them names and to tell them experiences that they had as a child, or that they had sometime during their life, that is sort of locked up in their own heart. They've never told anybody else. And now this spirit has told me and revealed these things to me and you get all of excited and you think, oh, I'm actually contacting, you know, the spirit of my mother because that was something that only my mother and I knew. Not so, demons knew it too. And thus they are able to rehearse for you conversations that you had, experiences that you had, things that took place. Lying spirits disguising themselves as one of your dead loved ones. And there is a reality to the demon spirits and all. And this woman having a familiar spirit or a demon spirit was able to consult the demon spirit. Now there are people who dabble into this realm of spiritism and some of them get spirit guides. And they direct their writing or they direct their arts and people get into all kinds of things using spirit guides. But they are demon spirits who disguise themselves as, say, the the spirit of a writer of the past or something of this nature. There is a real world of spirits. There is a real world of demon spirits as there is the real world of the angelic spirits that are still obedient to God. But it is the world that we are warned not to dabble with, not to get involved with. And the fact that, you know, they can hypnotize a person and put them in age regression, take them back before their birth, and then supposedly go back to previous lives and get the names of Annie Murphy in the street. She lived on all this kind of stuff. Doesn't, prove reincarnation at all. It only proves demons have been around for a long time and they can use all kinds of guises in order to deceive people and draw people into their deception. Now, I personally believe that this woman was shocked and surprised when Samuel came back. She expected to have a little conversation with her demon guide and her demon spirit and from him to get the information that Saul was seeking. But to her amazement, this spirit actually came out of the earth. And she shrieked when she saw it. And all of a sudden she realized the truth, that's Saul. And Samuel began to talk to Saul. And God allowed this to happen, a special dispensation of God, but surely it isn't a criteria for us to seek to contact the spirits of those that have departed to be with the Lord. Now, Samuel came up out of the earth. Prior to the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, everyone who died went into Sheol, which is in the lower parts of the earth or in the heart of the earth. Prior to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Sheol was divided into two separate compartments as is taught by Jesus in Luke's gospel chapter 16. There was one compartment where Abraham was encouraging and comforting those who died in faith. There was another part where the sinners were being in a state of torment. And Jesus speaks about it very clearly and plainly in Luke's gospel. After the ascension of Jesus Christ, or at the ascension of Jesus Christ, Those who were being comforted by Abraham and in that part of Sheol were resurrected with Christ and went on into the heavenly scene. For Paul tells us in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, he who has ascended is the same one who first of all descended into the lower parts of the earth and when he ascended, he led the captives from their captivity. Fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah 61, that declared he would loose the bonds and set at liberty those that were captive. So he set at liberty those that were being held captive by death. And in Matthew 27, we read, and the graves of many of the saints were opened and they were seen walking through the streets of Jerusalem after his resurrection from the dead. So Samuel, coming up out of the earth, spoke to Saul, telling him that God had departed from him. What a horrible thing. But, you see, what could you expect? He is a man who had departed first from God. And because you disobeyed the voice of God, God has departed from you. Because you have rejected God, God has rejected you. And tomorrow, you and your sons are going to be here with me. Saul fell on the ground. He was sore afraid because of the words of Samuel. There were no strength left in him, for he hadn't eaten all that day or that evening. And the woman came to Saul, and she saw that he was afraid Troubled, she said, Behold, your handmaid has obeyed your voice. I've put my life in my hand. I've hearkened unto your words, which you spoke to me. Now I pray thee, hearken thou also unto the voice of thine handmaid, and let me set a morsel of bread before you, that you may eat and have strength, that you may go your way. But he refused, and he said, I will not eat. But his servants, together with the woman, pressed upon him until he ate. And so the woman fixed Dinner for him. Now the Philistines gathered together all their armies to Aphek, and the Israelites pitched by the fountain which is in Jezreel, which is the area of um, Armageddon. Actually, it's the, it's the whole plains of Megiddo, Jezreel, Israel, on. they all come together. The lords of the Philistines passed on by the hundreds and by the thousands, but David and his, and his men passed in the rearward with Achish. Then said the princes of the Philistines, what are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish said unto the princes of the Philistines, is this not David, the servant of Saul, the king of Israel, which has been with me for these days, or rather years? And I have found no fault in him since the day that he came unto me to this day. And the princes of the Philistines were angry with him. And the princes of the Philistines said to him, hey, make this fellow get out of here, that we may go, that he may go again to his place, which you have appointed him, and let him not go down with us to battle, lest in the midst of the battle his heart return, actually, and he be reconciled to his master, and, and then he'll turn against us. Is not this the David of whom they sang, that he has killed his tens of thousands? So Achish called David, and he said to him, Surely as the Lord lives, you have been upright. And you're going out and you're coming in with me, and the host is good in my sight, for I have not found evil in thee since the day that you've come to me. Nevertheless, the lords of the Philistines do not favor you. Now return and go in peace, that you displease not the lords of the Philistines. David said, what have I done? And what have you found in your servants so long as I have been with thee this day that I might not go and fight against the enemies of my lord the king? Achish answered and said to David, I know that you are good in my sight as an angel of God, notwithstanding the princes of the Philistines have said he shall not go up with us to battle. Now get up early in the morning and as soon as it gets light, take off. So David here really was divinely protected from God as I see it from fighting against Saul and, and Jonathan and, and those, uh, uh, you know, of his own friends and all that were there. God preserved him from fighting against Israel. So David and his men got up and they returned. And when they came back to Ziglag, they found that the Amalekites had invaded the land. Now, here's something quite Interesting. The Amalekites were the ones that God ordered utterly exterminated by Saul. But Saul failed to utterly exterminate them. He disobeyed the commandment of God, though he lied and said, I've done all that the Lord told me to do. That was a lie. He did not utterly exterminate the Amalekites. And we have pointed out in the past that the Amalekites in the Scripture, are a type of the flesh. The flesh life. Now what's God's verdict for your flesh? God doesn't say, now reform your flesh. God doesn't say, bring your flesh under control. God said, kill it. Crucify it. And if we by the Spirit do mortify or put to death the flesh, we shall live. Know ye not that your old man, your flesh, was crucified with Christ? And God has only one verdict for your old flesh, and that is crucify it. Utterly destroy it. Give no place for your flesh to fulfill the lust. And even as God ordered utter extermination of the Amalekites, a type of the flesh, so he orders the utter destruction of our flesh. Now, failure to do so is only going to lead to further problems. Had Saul utterly destroyed the Amalekites, obeyed the voice of God, then they would not have been able to invade Zik and take uh, David's wives and, and all of the spoil with them. Interestingly enough, as we get into 2 Samuel, we're going to find that an Amalekite came to David and said, I was passing through Mount Gilboa, and I saw Saul, and he was falling on his spear, and he lifted himself up and asked me to kill him, and I came over and killed him. Saul, who was ordered to utterly wipe out the Amalekites and failed to do so, was ultimately killed by an Amalekite. You leave a part of your flesh, you know, the liberty, and say, well, that's just a part of the flesh. I want to hold on to that. It'll ultimately destroy you. So the Amalekites made an invasion of the land. They took the city of Ziglag, because, of course, all the men were off to war, and several other cities. David and his men came to the city, and they found that it was burned with fire. Their wives and their sons and their daughters were gone. And David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice, and they began to cry until they had no voice left, no more power to weep. David's two wives, Hinoam and Abigail, were taken. And David was greatly distressed, and the people were talking about stoning him. Now, you remember, David had a rough crew. Everyone who was in debt, everyone who was in trouble, everyone who was fleeing from the law, they all came down to David. He didn't have really a a choice kind of an army. And <laughs> every renegade and outlaw in the land that fled to David. So here, when they come back and find that the area had been taken, they're gonna stone David. So David was greatly distressed
0: Turn with more of our verse by verse Bible study in the book of First Samuel on our next broadcast, as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order First Samuel twenty eight through thirty when visiting the word for And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and bless you, give you a beautiful
1: day tomorrow. And may He keep you in His love and in His grace. We look forward to our gathering together again. And so, God, keep you in the love of Jesus Christ and strengthen you by His Spirit in your inner man. And may He help you to begin to comprehend what is the length, the breadth, the depth, the height of His love begin to understand more and more the things that He has prepared for those who love Him and wait on Him. May God cause His grace to abound towards you
0: through Jesus Christ our Lord. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. For years, Pastor Chuck was asked thousands of questions.
1: This new guy that my mom married, he thinks that the Christian beliefs are foolish, and I was wondering if that's going to like affect my mom's walk. I'm a Christian, I'm trying to fight the addiction of smoking, and are those things going to keep me from going in the rapture? Is it okay to use your tithe and give it to someone who's going on a mission trip instead of giving it directly to church? The Word for Today is pleased to present an e-book called Biblical Counseling by Chuck Smith, listing over 200 topics that include Pastor Chuck's commentary and the scripture references he used. Topics include addiction, business relationships, depression, lawsuits, sexuality, training children, and so much more. To download the Biblical Counseling ebook by Chuck Smith, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link provided, or you can call 1-800-272-9673.